Hey, Colleen. Hey, Hannah. So this is between a rock and a hard place, although it kind of looks like a storage closet. But seriously, we're here to talk about life in Iraq. Right. So we have this list of the top 10 reasons never to go to Iraq. And the first one is it will freak your parents out. Yes. In fact, one of the most often asked questions I feel like I've ever gotten is, what did your parents say? Or what do your parents think about that? Mm -hmm. I think it is uh, one of the concerns that a lot of people have when they even consider going to Iraq is, what will my parents say? Yeah. I think we end up talking to people a lot about how to talk to their parents about going to Iraq. I do. In recruiting people, uh, that's one of the first questions that we ask is, have you talked to your parents about this yet? What do your parents think about this? Mm-hmm. And it's a mixed bag. Some people have, some people haven't. Partly because it can be really hard. Yeah. It can be a really hard conversation to have. Moving far away, regardless of where, can be a hard conversation with parents. And then moving to some place that has the kind of super dangerous reputation, like Iraq, is additionally difficult. I think also added aspects to that is if you're going in a support-raising capacity or in a way that, you know, is serving, whether it's students or refugees or, you know, some other program there that's not a career builder, perhaps, right. that there are also concerns on that front. And all of those layers can make it difficult yeah. to go to your parents and tell them or ask them, what what is the right option? Do you tell or do you ask? <laughs> so I think we're going to tell our stories of how we told our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, Mention a few stories of those in the office that we've talked to. Yeah, and the truth is there's no, like, set every parent is going to react this way, and so this is how you can couch it most nicely. Um, It depends on on your parents and how much you have already been talking to them about wanting to go overseas and how well they know you. I think that can be a surprise sometimes is that parents do know their kids better than their kids think sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. So sometimes the reaction is like, yeah, I saw this coming. Yeah, that was definitely my dad's reaction the first time I wanted to go do English in Japan was, well, I was actually kind of surprised you've waited this long to (laughs) want to go. So why don't you share your story first? I think my parents knew that I was looking for a way to serve overseas for a good at least six to eight months before the opportunity to even start the application process to Iraq came around. And I think they knew that I was looking, uh, but not being successful in that search. Mm -hmm. And so we hadn't ever talked about anywhere specific. Uh, I think we had talked about Japan and specifically that I didn't feel called to go back to Japan. Then it was a cold November evening where I was on my shift at a coffee shop that had a room where there was a presentation going on and I finished my shift and sat in on the end of the presentation and they mentioned kind of as a side note, oh, by the way, there are these schools in Iraq that need teachers. Yeah, it was all downhill from there. Uh, (laughs) Went out to my car and 
it's just lightly snowing, like the first snow of the season and the downtown lights, trees are all lit with white lights and there's, it was just so beautiful and I burst into sobbing tears. Aww. I could not breathe. I was crying so hard and I could not for the life of me figure out why. And I sat in my car and was like, okay, just focus on breathing. Breathing is important. Let's start there. Passing out is not going to solve this problem. <laughs> Once I could breathe, calmed down, I was like, oh, I think God wants me to move to a rock. That's unexpected. Um, I went straight from there to my parents' house. I hadn't been living with my parents. I was in an apartment. But I walked in. My parents are there watching TV. It's late in the evening. They kind of start to freak out. I haven't told them anything yet, but like they can see I've been crying. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't much of a crier then. I am now. But they were like, are you okay? Have you been in a car accident? Because they weren't expecting me to show up that evening either. Right. And uh, I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, I think, I think God wants me to move to a rock. And they were like, what? Well, calm down, honey. Let's pray about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, my parents have been incredibly supportive. They didn't love the idea of me moving far away. And I'm very close to my family. Mm -hmm. So they didn't, they weren't enthusiastic in that sense of like, yay, she's leaving. Right. Um, but they're incredibly supportive and walked through the whole process, you know, with me. How many follow-up conversations did you have after that initial? Did they come back question. around to you the next day and were like, so, you seemed really emotional yesterday. How are you feeling about this today? I don't remember. I don't remember having, I'm sure we talked about things following up, but I don't remember any of those conversations because I was really, really sure that if they accepted me, like, I was gonna do it from even before I told them. And it seems a little odd to me that I wasn't even asking them. And that's where we get that question of, like, telling versus asking. Right. Because I was still a senior in college, and while I wasn't living with my parents, I was really close to them. Mm -hmm. It d would have made more sense to me to be like, hey, I'm thinking about this. Like, what do you think? Like, that's how I dealt with most of the other big questions, I mm -hmm. think. Instead, this was very much, this is what God's told me, to, like, what I feel like God is calling me to, and I'm going for it. Come alongside. Welcome. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, they were nervous about it. They were nervous for my safety, but they were supporters of mine from mm -hmm. the beginning, and my mom even came and visited me while I lived yeah, there, awesome. which was awesome. And they definitely got more and more used to it and more and more comfortable the longer I was there. Sure. And especially after my mom came to visit. They were still sad to see me go every time I came home to visit, but it was much more of a, just a normal thing. Oh, she lives there now. Yeah. It, it seems less exotic the longer <laughs> it's, like, the thing that you do. Yeah, and the more pictures and the more stories they hear where everything is normal. And yeah. when she came to visit and, like, the most exciting thing that she had to do was, like, figure out how to buy bread on her own. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yep. Like, oh, well, that's exciting, but maybe it's not, like, the most thrilling thing ever. Sure. sure. She didn't have to come in with an armed escort or... Right. Wear exactly. body armor everywhere she went. Right. How about you? You 
also have parents who are believers. I do. Mm -hmm. So that definitely helps. Yeah, and my dad grew up uh, internationally. He grew up in mostly Brazil, mostly in the jungle in Brazil. So his his parents were definitely um, pioneer-style missionaries. That's definitely how he grew up. I've been on a couple international trips. Um, I went to Venezuela twice while I was a freshman and sophomore, sophomore and junior in college, maybe. Um, and then I did my college internship. I lived in India for two and a half months by myself. So my parents kind of had the idea that, you know, I was planning on, on moving internationally and living internationally somewhere. Um, although I did kind of fake them out because when I got back from India, I think I told them both that I was never going to live internationally ever again. Um, <laughs> but also hadn't really done anything to like establish myself in the U.S. at that point. So I was, I was graduated from college and living at home with my parents. And actually, honestly, the first person that I told that I was thinking about moving to Iraq was the good family friend that uh, led the trip that I went on overseas for the first time. Like, the first time I traveled internationally was with these folks. And we were visiting them, my mom and sister and I. And I remember sitting down with her one night and being like, I think this is a thing that I'm going to do. I have no idea how to tell my mom. Uh, um, and she and my mom were were good friends. I, I mean, I think they're still pretty good friends. Um, and she was like, well, I don't think your mom's going to deal with this well, but I'll pray with you about it. And, you know, John and I, you have our our full support in this. And nice. I was like, that's, that's really encouraging. Thank you so much. Um, but it did end up being several months later before my, I told my parents. So, um... The way I told my parents, and I, I don't recommend this, <laughs> is um, I had gone through the whole application process with SGI and was scheduled to come to Nashville, because I was only living four and a half, five hours from Nashville at the time, to come to Nashville to do a face-to-face -face interview. And I had a friend who was living in the Clarksville area, which is about an hour from Nashville. She still lives there, actually. And so I had arranged that I was going to come stay with her, hang out with her. We'd drive into Nashville, I'd do my interview, and I'd go back to her house. Because uh, I was like, I don't want to, like, have to get a hotel or mm -hmm. spend the night with these people that I don't know at all. <laughs> which is what um, I did when I came for my interview. Yeah, I was like, if I can avoid that, I'm gonna. Which, I missed out, man. Yeah, super but, fun. Uh, anyway, so I told my parents two, maybe two weeks before I came for my interview. I think I was just like, so in a couple weekends, I think it was, <laughs> I was driving an old beater of a car. And I'm pretty sure I was like, so um, I, th I think I'm going to need to borrow you guys' car in like two weekends. I'm going to drive up to uh, to Clarksville to see my friend Mandy. And while I'm there, I'm going to drive down to Nashville and do an interview with this organization that uh, is going to send me to teach in Iraq. And <laughs> I borrowed like the car. My final interview. So would it be okay if I borrowed your car to do that? <laughs> and <laughs> both of them were kind of like, wait, back up, what? <laughs> Yeah, buried the important information. I did in that. I buried it in there. Um, didn't 
didn't uh, fly past him, though. No, no, they picked up on it. They're pretty sharp characters. So they both had a lot of questions, and at that point, I couldn't answer any of them, really, Mm. because while I had done the application process, it was at a time when SGI was kind of being very quiet about where they were working. I didn't have a lot of details, perhaps because I did not ask a lot of questions. Honestly, it is a very me thing to kind of be like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do, and just kind of barrel ahead without necessarily inquiring too deeply. So my parents had all those questions mm-hmm. and were like, okay, well, what about this? Well, where are they working? What about, what are you going to be doing? And I was just kind of like, I don't really know. Like they have schools and it's in Iraq and I don't, I don't know the answer to a lot of these questions. Uh, I think I asked more questions that were about like, how do you guys do team care? And mm-hmm. would I be living on my own? Would I be living with a family? Kind of learning questions from experiences I had because I don't, I don't think at that point I really cared what I would be doing. Or even where, necessarily. Or even where, necessarily. It was more about how are you as an organization going to care for me as a teammate. Which, and all those questions that I am so glad have good answers here with Serving Group. Right. <laughs> that I never would have thought to ask. Right. Like, I could have totally gotten myself into a situation that yeah. would yeah. not have. Because so many, there's yeah. a lot of struggles on different teams yeah so I wasn't asking a lot of logistical questions Mm -hmm. my dad was the one that asked a lot of those and my mom was more like no no you're not you're not gonna do this this isn't what you're gonna do I don't think this is what God is calling you to do which as a youngest and as a very stubborn person kind of made me go yeah definitely doing this now (laughs) again I wasn't I was an old enough adult to make that decision for myself in a lot of ways. I had talked to some of the leadership in my church at that point because I needed references from them to be able to apply. Um, So I had talked to several other people about it. And so I didn't feel like I was making a foolish choice. Right. And after I came and interviewed... And got some of those details, asked some of those questions, and went back and talked to my parents some more. I think, actually, it was my brother-in-law that made my mom feel a lot better about it. Mm -hmm. um, Because he is a Marine, and he had been... He had served in Iraq. And when I went back... Because he had a lot of questions, too. So when I went back and I was like, oh, yeah, they work in Kurdistan. He was like, oh, Kurdistan? She'll be fine. (laughs) Like, Kurdistan is totally safe. That's where we would go for our R&R. Like, yeah. It's not a problem. And I think for my mom to hear my six foot five Marine brother in law be like, Oh yeah, that's cool. She was like, Oh, oh. okay. All right. Maybe I have, don't like, need to panic about that. I have a little bit of a frame of reference now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't recommend that method. The oh by the way, I'm almost finished with this process right. kind of bit. Aside from the like Be sure that you know, like, for me, it was important to be sure that I knew that this was a thing I was going to do or that I was, I wanted to do before I brought it up to my parents because I don't want to cause them anxiety about something that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But I can imagine that a lot of parents would want to be involved in that process too and that it wouldn't necessarily cause anxiety. Mm -hmm. Want to know a secret? Yeah, I love secrets. 
You can get Between a Rock and a Hard Place stickers. I can get stickers. Yeah. What do I have to do? You need to go to Instagram or Facebook and find the post about this episode. This one. And then comment with somebody else's name. Can I put your name? I mean, I guess you could if you really wanted to, but maybe somebody who doesn't already know about this podcast. Oh, I gotcha. Uh-huh. I love stickers! So, yeah, I think we are just talking to one of the other guys in the office and in giving advice about like how to talk to your parents about this really there is no one set way every person is different every set of parents is different age makes a difference closeness makes a difference whether or not your parents are believers makes a difference whether or not you're married makes a difference Mm -hmm. because we were talking to john of john and mary fame Um, (laughs) And I feel like his experience was really different, and Mary's telling their parents separately, mm-hmm. um, in that his parents were kind of like, well, you're an adult, and you're married, and so you're the leader of your family, so you, you've you made this choice, and we trust you. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. I think for a young, especially a young single woman, parents would be a lot more concerned Due to the nature of the reputation that the Middle East has for how it treats women. Right. Um, which yeah. is not an undeserved reputation. It can be really hard. And it is really hard to be there as a single woman. But I think that plays into it, too. Just yeah, definitely. The, the concern a little bit more. I think one of the other concerns that I've heard out of some families has been, you know, you're taking our grandkids mm-hmm. out you know, and so that can be a factor, too, when you have, even if you are married and have kids, that there's a sense of ownership over those children, children yeah. that that parents can have yeah. um, that can be an added obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think from what I've heard in all of the talking to all of the people here in the office, pretty much all of them told their parents that this is what... God was calling them to do, or what they thought God was calling them to do, Mm -hmm. and didn't necessarily ask permission. Right. Didn't give their their parents uh, the opportunity to object in any real way. Which is not to say that SGI is going to send you even if your parents don't want you to go. Because we sort of won't, depending on age. and You, You should have as much support as you can expect from your parents. Um, I think we do understand that there is a, a challenge in that. Mm-hmm. And, like, for my my mom, I don't think was really comfortable with me going back and forth to Iraq ever. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think she came to a point where she, she trusted God for me. But I know that every time I left, it was really, really hard for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she never came to visit. And my family didn't come to visit until after I had left. So they didn't have context for what I was doing. And so I think there's that possibility that your parents are never really going to be all right with it. Mm-hmm. But you have to do what God is calling you to do, even if it's not comfortable for the people in your life. Right. And I think that's one of the benefits of having, which will be another conversation for another time, but but being sure that you know that this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to have a youth leader that would say, how do you know that you know that you know? 
That sounds like something Lisa says all the time. She's like, you just have to know that you know that you know that you know. Yeah. Because you'll have doubts. And you can go back to that trust that you know that you know that God called you here. And I think there are things that you can talk to your parents about, ways that you can make it easier. Uh, I know my mom really appreciated that she felt like she could call Dave Mm -hmm. whenever she was freaking out and be like, how are things going? Like, let me check up. Because I think she knew that I wasn't going to call her and be like, things are terrible. No, of course not. Um, You're never going to do that as a kid. (laughs) No. And so I think she felt like, I can call him, and he, Dave is very reassuring. He's a very calm person. John now plays the same role, very calm, very reassuring. But will also tell the truth. Yeah. And not be honest. Tell someone, oh, it's all fine when it's not. Right. I know that's something that, yeah, my my parents appreciated as well. Being able to have the office here at Servant Group. And and once my family met the people here, too, Mm -hmm. they really liked them and trusted them. Yeah, and we want to have that connection with the families of the people that we send. Absolutely. um, Because we want to be able to support. Again, this is where it came down to, to me, was I could tell that SGI really wanted to support me mm-hmm. being on the field and not have a list of goals to accomplish. And I think that holds true even today that we want to support our team members and one of the best ways we can do that is making sure they have the support of their family. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that be through us talking to and encouraging their parents or making sure that they are able to communicate with each other really well. I think that's something that's gotten easier as time has gone on. Technology Technology. is making it easier. It's not that... It it will never replace face-to-face, but to be able to call and Mm -hmm. video chat, I think, is very reassuring for a lot of parents. Mm -hmm. And a lot of staff, too. Yeah, yeah. Because you know your family is going to be there every time you come back to visit. If and when you are done with your time in Iraq, they are still part of your life, and those relationships need to be kept up and cultivated. If you're thinking about moving overseas, I think it would be a good time to come up with a plan. Maybe start talking to your parents about it now. I I think neither of our parents were surprised that we wanted to move overseas. Right. But maybe the location was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. But I mean, it was a surprise to me, too. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think if... You know, doing work overseas or moving is part of what you want to do. Start dropping that into conversation Mm -hmm. sooner rather than later. Get them used to the idea that you are looking for where God wants you to go and that you're going to follow him there because it's God you're following. Yeah, and I think the the big thing is to trust God for your parents, too. That's a conversation my mom and I have had off and on since I've been back. And even while I was there, you know, she's told me it was really hard for me to trust God for you. And I was like, I know. (laughs) I know that it was. Like, I don't know entirely because I'm not you. But I also had to trust God for you. That you would be fine. That you'd be okay. That you'd be, you would, he would grant you peace about this. Mm Mm-hmm. And that it was not my job to make you feel okay. Well, and that's something else that I have 
in conversations with people also recommended that you pray for your parents' mm-hmm. hearts to be soft towards you going. Yeah. And that believers God, or, or unbelievers, like re- yeah, regardless, God can work in the God hearts can of work all in hearts to make you know to to help them be supportive of you and the direction He is calling you to go. Yeah, yeah. So start praying for your parents. Um, I think that is something that gets left out. Is we get focused on on what we're doing and we forget how it affects the people around us. So pray for your parents. Pray for your family. Yeah, it can it can be hard for you, but it's hard for them too. And parents, realize that this is a difficult conversation for your kid to bring to you. Mm-hmm. And that as much as you might see them as eight years old, at least if they're applying to go with us to Iraq, they are not eight years old. And they're an adult. And if yeah. God's calling them, yeah, you need to trust trust God with them, no matter where, where it ends up taking them. It's a lot of prayer. And there's so much crying. <laughs> I don't um, think there has to be crying. I mean, I guess you could make it fun and you could do like a like a promposal plan. <laughs> yeah. And do a like surprise. Guess what? I'm going to Iraq. Ooh, like all of the the boy or girl baby reveal. Yeah. Like you could do a which country, a country am I going to? <laughs> <laughs> that would be. <laughs> Pop the balloon and out pops like little maps. Now I wish I could go back in time and do it that way. Because do you know how awful and hilarious that would be? Oh, man. I don't know. I think my tears worked well for my family. I mean, it seems a little manipulative, and it would have been had I been crying on purpose. Right. But yes, gender reveal. <laughs> oh man, probably don't do that. Probably don't. You can find us at Servant Group International on Facebook or Instagram or on our website at servantgroup.org. Yeah, and if you have a question that we haven't answered yet, send us an email or Facebook message. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. you lived in his name fell out of my head <laughs> anyway shall I start listing them off no um 